This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down, end zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. What a day, what a day, and what a day. Man, I'll tell you, this Thursday, April 7th, 2022, has been a fun day already. Damon Cotton, he's back in the home studio. It's your boy, Q. I'm in my home studio. A lot of different meetings in different locations I had to be at earlier today, so just made all the sense in the world to go ahead and hold down the show from the home studio but man i'll tell you in between going here going there going the other had a lot of opportunity to check out the masters i can't tell you how locked in on the masters i've been checking on the on the score of it and see how tiger's doing the whole morning and he's done now he's uh, one under for the day had some some hits some strokes that he made that you could say okay he's a little rusty not really on his a game and then there's some other ones that you say whew that's Vintage Tiger right there. So that was already fun to be able to kind of monitor that in and out of meetings and, and all this other stuff that I had going on today. And now to be able to turn on the TV and look up and I see the Brewers and the Cubs are in the bottom of the seventh and it's 3-3. Three to three. And, look, I don't have a dog in the fight. I'm not a Brewers fan. I'm not a Cubs fan. But I'm a baseball fan. To be able to tune in and watch some baseball opening day action, it's great. It's fantastic. Matter of fact, it's, it's going to lead me to one of my questions that I have for you on the show today. Um, just not baseball in general, but just opening days, because I think that opening days are very special, and I kind of want to hear from you throughout the course of the show. Matter of fact, I'll just throw it out there right now. What is your favorite opening day? You know, because every day, every opening day is not created equal. <laughs> you know, some people who are baseball fans – like myself, love the fact that there's some day baseball going on right now. We all celebrate it as opening day. Now, every team's not playing right now. Some will play a little bit later on this evening, and that's cool, but it's, it's opening night. But what are the days that are your favorite opening days? Is that Thursday that kicks off the NFL season? Is that your favorite? Basketball, do you get excited for the opening tip off of that? Probably not. I don't want to answer for everybody, but probably not. I think I'm serious. I mean, and the problem is, because the NBA is right there in the heart of, of football season, most people say they get excited for the NBA when it's Christmas time. Yeah, you're right, because around like Halloween, that's when the NBA season's starting off, and that random Thursday in October really isn't pulling people in. Right, exactly. There's a lot of people that would be, have no problem if the NBA said, you know what, our season's actually going to start on Christmas. Because those are the ones that you really tune into, right? I mean, I'll tune into them because I just love sports, and if it's on, I'm going to watch. But – you know, your average fan, there's, you, you get excited about certain things, you know. Uh, cert, some people get excited about, we just came out of March Madness, right? Opening round of March Madness. I, I've been places before and worked in different locations where nobody's even on the radio that day. It's like, hey, here you go. March Madness it is. Enjoy the first round. Sometimes even the first and second round, you know, the Thursday and the Friday. Some, sometimes that's how it shakes out, you know, where we won't even do shows at all. Now, Damon, as you know, there's no, there's no days off in my world. <laughs> None. I don't know about those take days off, but, I, hey, I get the argument. I really do. So I'd like to hear from you. That's one of the subjects that we'll have on the show today. What are the opening days that you look forward to the most? I'll tell you right now, 
Major League Baseball might be my favorite opening day. It really might be, just because what it represents. I know it's going to represent a very long season. And again, I guess if you're not an MLB fan, that, then that doesn't matter to you. Some people might get excited about the opening round of the Masters. <laughs> you know, I mean, literally, I've been watching pretty much throughout the course of the morning. And it wasn't even the actual coverage. I mean, it started around, I don't know, 11 this morning. No, it wasn't even 11. Yeah, it was. I think Tiger teed off at around 11. Sports Center continued to just go to live, live shots. It wasn't even the actual coverage. The actual coverage didn't start till 12. But they were already all over it because Tiger was there, and there were so many fans. So, I mean, it, it, was, it was fantastic to see. No matter where you went around town, there's a TV on. And the Masters was on. I'm not a golf guy. You guys know that. I've been saying that for a very long time. I'm not deep into the golf game. But what I saw today was pretty stinking special, man. Yeah, Q. And to, to keep with the theme of the show, the Masters is the first um, PGA championship, you know, the first major in the golf season. So right. that kind of be considered, you know, today could kind of be considered opening day. Right. Because this is the first major in the golf uh, schedule. Absolutely. No, no doubt about it. So that's just one of the subjects that we'll talk about throughout the course of the show. Of course, I have more for you, and we'll get that into that coming up on the opening drive. I did want to let you know about the guest that we have coming up on the show. I'm very excited about it. Coming up at 2.30, Adam Hill from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. He's also a co-host on Cofield & Company on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. Uh, he's probably on two or three times a week with Steve Cofield. They do a great job. Adam is fantastic. We've had him on the show before, but his breakdowns are great. I mean, they really are, and, and it comes from a place where he's not a Fan, but he's a sports fan. He's a football enthusiast. I mean, he's just really good at what he does. He writes great work for the Review Journal, just like our very own Vinny Bonsignor does. I mean, all these guys, I'll tell you, they have a hell of a lineup there. I, I'll give them that because we had, what, Ed Graney on uh, yesterday. Graney's amazing. Cassie's amazing. Heidi's amazing. I mean, all, all of these, Sam Gordon. I mean, I, I, can, I can go on and on. The list goes on and on. They all do great work over there. But Adam Hill's going to join us at 2.30. And what we're going to talk about, and Ed Grady kind of referred to it a little bit when we talked to him on yesterday's show. He said that one of his colleagues, and I say colleagues in air quotes, said that, you know, he, he thought that the Raiders should go and try to trade Darren Waller. And I've been very adamant about I don't think that's a good idea. I think that Darren Waller is too big of a, a, a key in this, in this cog, this offensive machine that Josh McDaniels could put out there in 2022. I think that Darren Waller is way too important for that. Now, I'll say this, DeMond, I heard a great conversation between you and Vinny uh, on, after, on yesterday's show in the huddle about Darren Waller, and we all know that he wants a new contract extension. His representation, Clutch Sports, is going to do everything they can to get him a new contract extension. And Clutch Sports, I mean, they're, they're the dudes, man. They're the ones. They're the ones that they're what they want. You know, that, remember that old guy, Leo Gatz, what Leo wants, Leo Gatz? You know, I mean, that's, that's kind of who they are. You know, they're, they're, they're the ones that are going to make it happen. So I don't know what that means, but I, I liked your, your point of view where you were saying, hey, he still has two years on his deal. Why not kind of say, look, we want to take care of you, but we also want you to show it one more year. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with saying that where his deal, maybe now he's underpaid, but every player can't have the, hey, well, some other players are getting paid more, but you just right. signed that deal. Right. You know, at what point does it end for the leagues? And I hate to be on the owner's side on this. You can't, re you can't restructure everyone's deal just because someone else is making a little bit more money than you now. Right. Well, and, and the thing about it is when, you know, when, uh, when Darren Waller signed that deal, I remember a lot of Raider fans were thinking, 
oh, my gosh, how are they going to give him that kind of a deal? He really hasn't, hasn't proven it for a, a long period of time. Well, the Raiders took a chance. They took a chance, and they believed in what they saw. They believed in the work he had already put out there on the field and said, we think this guy's going to continue to get better, and he did. So the Raiders, they were on the right side of that, of that early signing that they, they made, or not even early signing, but that money that they gave him. Well, sooner rather than later, obviously, the, uh, the, the market for tight ends went up <laughs> a lot. Kittle got paid. Kelsey got paid. I mean, everyone's getting paid. And so now Darren Waller's looking like, well, hold on, man. Hold on. I, I should get paid like the top three. And I get it. Again, I've been the, the first guy to say all the time, go get every penny you can get. Because once it's gone and once you can't do anything for that team anymore and you're not the guy that you once were, then they're going to let you know that you can't do anything for them anymore and you're not the guy that you once were. They'll let you know that. <laughs> so – I've never been upset when a player wants to get paid. Sometimes it gets a little ridiculous when it's like every year, okay, I need an extension. And look, Xavier Howard's a perfect example. Every single year he wants a contract extension. But guess what? Every single year he produces, and Miami's like, eh, this is not ideal, but all right, let's give him the money because we want to keep him, kind of keep him happy and keep doing what he do. And that's one of the, the negatives on Darren Waller, not his fault, but a, being a late bloomer in the league, where your prime starts at 27, 28, teams are going to be a little hesitant to give you such a big deal at 30-plus because a contract shouldn't be rewarded off of past production. Right. The teams are looking at, what are you going to be able to perform at this level in the future? Right, exactly. Got a great tweet from uh, Cross State Lines. Don't give a F about baseball or the Masters opening days. I'm here for Raiders and football coverage. Cool. That's awesome. That's, I mean, that's, that is fantastic. So I'm assuming that that Thursday opening of, uh, of the football season is what you care about the most. That's fine. I've said it before. Everyone's not a golf enthusiast. Everyone's not a baseball enthusiast. Hell, everyone's not a basketball fan. I'm just, I just do the question out there. So it's good to know that cross state lines doesn't give an F about baseball or Masters. That's awesome. So appreciate forceful. you. No, I mean, it's cool. <laughs> I, I, I hope that he didn't think that that was going to offend me because it won't. It's fine. I'm good with that. So there you go. But real quick, baseball, when it comes to just the pageantry of the opening day, the Cardinals put out a video of Albert Pujols getting his introduction, yeah. and that was one of those I probably should have quote-tweeted it, but I, I watched it like three times. I was like, man, that's chills. That's what sports <laughs> are. That's what sports are all about. Right. You know, someone who's been doing this for 20-plus years, coming back to the team that drafted him, and he's probably, it's just a glorified position. Right, But he exactly. gets to start on opening day, keep his streak alive, and it's just a feel-good story. And I feel like, you know, a lot of times in sports, you need those. Right. And No, you're, you're right about that, and that is a good story. And uh, I hate to hear the story about Albert Pujols and his wife that are actually divorcing after a bazillion years together. That's unfortunate, but uh, it, it is a good story to hear Albert Pujols back with the, with the Cardinals and, you know, being where he, he, he started, getting his start. And I think there's something to that, always going back to where you, you, know, you came from or something. And, and, you know, I could put myself in perfect example. I'm not from Las Vegas, but I'm from the West Coast. So leaving the West Coast and, and being gone for 10-plus years and then having the opportunity to come back, I'm like a kid in a candy store. You know, everyone asked me, like, well, were you able to adjust to, to the being on the West Coast? I was like, can I adjust? Are you serious? My drive from Texas here, I was adjusted on the drive. 
I was good, man. I already knew. I already knew the benefits of being on the West and how excited I was about being back. You know, and it's just it's something about that. You know, it really is. And again, I'm not back in the home state and back in the Bay Area because, quite frankly, I have a lot of jobs now. I'd have to have a lot more if I was going to live in the Bay. But just being here on the West Coast is fantastic. Yeah, how are you liking it. it here in Gross, Las Vegas? Yeah, yeah. You know, I didn't. I didn't take. I'll clear I didn't out take. For you. I didn't take that. Uh, I didn't take that. That. You, you know what? Let me hold on. Hold on. Hold on to that statement. I, yeah, I didn't take that very, very kindly, man. I didn't appreciate what Mayor Libby Schaff had to say about the city of Las Vegas. But I do want to get into who we have coming up at 3 o'clock. You, you didn't throw me off my game in a good way. I like this. At 3 o'clock, Matt Miller from ESPN. He's an NFL draft analyst. He's going to join the show to talk all things NFL draft. And, of course, it's a different scenario when you talk about the draft and you talk about the Raiders since they don't currently have a pick till round three. But – Hey, look, rosters are built in the later rounds. They really are. The first-round pick, the second-round pick, those are the ones that we, we ooh and awe about. Those are the ones that we talk about. Those are the ones that we look at our mock drafts, and, you know, that's the superstar that's going to take the team from where they are to over the top, right? The rosters are built in the middle rounds, the third round, the fourth round, the fifth round, and beyond. And I'll give the Raiders a lot of credit. There's a lot of things they did wrong over the past few years. One of the things they did right is they hit on their later-round picks. I'm not here to argue on who who was in charge of the third, fourth, fifth round. I don't I don't even care. It doesn't even matter. The point is the first round picks, not so much. Second round picks, cool. Third round and beyond, great. I mean, I, I think I counted up the other day. They had nine or ten guys that you can legit say are building blocks on this current team that all came from the later rounds. That's what you're supposed that's where you really got to hit on. You absolutely got to hit on those, those middle rounds because, again, if you look through the landscape of the NFL, teams, Super Bowl teams, think about this. Think about the Rams. They went and trade all their first-round picks, right? They don't care what the GM says. Uh, blank those picks. He don't care about those picks, right? But you know what picks he cares about? Those middle-round picks. And you know what picks he hits on? Those middle-round picks. If you look at their roster, man, they have a lot of homegrown guys. They got superstars, but they got some homegrown guys as well. So we're going to talk to Matt at 3 o'clock all things uh, NFL draft and, and, you know, what it just what it means for the Raiders, how they can navigate through the waters of not having that first and second round pick and how that could be a benefit to them, how it could hurt them. But Matt's a he's a fantastic analyst. I mean, I go back with that guy when he was on Bleacher Report, when he his first start was Bleacher Report. And no joke, when I was on ESPN Central Texas back in 2012, I had just started and Bleacher Report would call us. Damon, you know, as a guy that tries to reach out and get guests, Bleacher Report would reach out to us and say, hey, do you have room for Matt Miller today? And as a brand-new show, we're like, yeah, <laughs> sure do. We just need a guest. You know, we just want to get a guest because we're a small city in, in Central Texas. Of course, we, yeah, we'll take them. So we had two guys that, that Bleacher Report gave us all the time. Matt Miller was a weekly guest, a weekly guest. And then we had a guy named Dan Levy who covered baseball, and he was a weekly guest. And then come to find out, as I became friends with Dan, he's not even a baseball guy. He just said that that's what Bleacher Report had him covering because they had met for NFL. He actually is an NFL guy. So me and Dan, and he's not in the business anymore, is a, he's a really great guy. But Matt has just continued to climb and climb and climb the ranks ever since he started at Bleacher Report. And now this is like his second or third season with ESPN being their draft analyst. You know, he's being – Mel Kuyper Jr. He's being his, you know, wingman and Todd McShay's wingman, but it's a, it's another fresh voice. And Jordan Reed, Jordan Reed is part of that as well from the Draft Network, and he's going to join the show 
next Friday on the 15th. He's going to join the show to talk all things NFL Draft. So, man, we're locked and loaded. We got a lot for you today, and I'm very excited about that. But with that being said, let's go ahead and get into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So, Raider Nation, I want to hear from you. First of all, the first topic that I threw out there that uh, my guy across state lines was very uh, adamant about getting involved in the conversation is, what opening day are you most excited about? Which one gets you fired up? You know, is it baseball like today? Is it the NBA? Is it NFL? Do you get excited about the opening round of the NCAA tournament? I mean, what, what is it that gets your juices flowing? That's what I want to know. That's one of the questions I have for you. Again, we don't mind having multiple topics around here because that's just kind of what we do. The second part of my question for you is, is something I'm very excited about, as I mentioned, later round picks. I want to know a young later round pick that the Raiders currently have on the roster that you're most excited about and why. So that goes back to cross state lines. That's your Raider talk right there, brother. Don't, don't think I'm not going to get that covered. I may have started out with baseball in the Masters because it's top of mind, but I'm going to get there. You know I'm going to get to the Raiders conversation. We do this on the daily. So give me a young, later-round pick that is not a star yet that you're most excited about and why. So I'm going to ask you first, Demond, because I have a few in mind, but I'm only going to go with one because I don't like to be that guy that's like, well, I'm happy about this guy, this guy. This. I don't want to do all that. Remember, it's a later-round pick. I'm not looking for someone who just, you know, like – I thought about saying Trayvon Merrick, but he's a second-round pick, so I'm not going to consider that later round. I'm talking third round and beyond, which is what the Raiders have right now currently, a third-round pick. So do you have a guy in mind that is a later-round pick that you're excited about, most excited about? It's already on the team, right? Yeah. Okay, Malcolm Kuntz. I feel like Nate Hobbs Mm. is too easy to go to because he had such a good rookie season. But I think Malcolm Kuntz, I think with this new defense, especially with Chandler and Max, you know – being the primary options on the edge, when he comes in for his short little spells, I think that he'll be able to succeed. Okay. You know, it's funny. I, I uh, did a whole show on, on the later round picks that the Raiders had the last two, three years, and I completely glossed over Malcolm Kuntz, and he's the guy out of Buffalo I was excited about when they drafted him in the third round because I knew not just because he was in Buffalo and everyone has the first thoughts, oh, it's Khalil Mack. No, but in Buffalo, he was, a, he was an absolute dog. And I know that the NFL is not Buffalo. There's a big learning curve. But you saw what he was able to do last season. Like you said, in limited time, he was able to go in there and he got the action. He put that work in. He really did a good job. And I think that he can grow as well. And I'm, I'm really thinking that Patrick Graham's going to help him. I think he might be one of those players. I asked the question the other day, who do you think is going to be the, you know, a key cog in this Patrick Graham defense? It could turn around and end up being a guy like Malcolm Kuntz. It really can be. Now, there's, there's a few options that, that we have or that I'm thinking of for young guys that, that I'm most excited about. You went with Malcolm Coons. I, I was very – I mean, I am very high on Nate Hobbs, but you're right. That's a, that's a pretty easy answer just because he got a lot of burn last year. Um, I think – and this guy got some burn last year as well, but I think Devon Diablo is going to be my answer. Ooh, that's a good one too. I think Devon Diablo is going to be my answer because you know how good Denzel Perryman is. And we had the breakdown – of what the Patrick Graham defense should and could look like last year, or yesterday on the show, what it could look like for the Raiders and, and what parts are going to be needed, who, who, who's going to have to step up for them to succeed. And, you know, Denzel Perryman and those linebackers are going to be very important 
And I think Divine Diablo is going to clean up a lot. And he's going to help complement. That's the, that's the right word. He's going to help complement Denzel Perryman where he can go out there and play his game where he's most comfortable with, coming downhill all the time. And then Divine Diablo could do other things that show off his athletic ability. So those two, I think, will play off each other really well. I'm excited about Denzel Perryman. I really am. I think he loves being a Raider. This is not from him. It's just kind of – I mean, you've been, in the, you've been in the media sessions with him. He just – he kind of has that demeanor like he's having a good time, right? Oh, yeah, he's definitely enjoying this. You know, I love it when he has his little catchphrase, dehydrated. Right. You know, he's enjoying being a player. That one press conference where he's like, yo, I got dinner reservations. And he kept saying it, but you know he was joking about it. He wasn't serious. Like I he, think he might have been a little serious. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I did notice that, and I was like, okay, well, got to get to dinner. <laughs> but I no, I, playing, I like, you know, <laughs> I like what bit. I like what Denzel Perryman brings to the table. I like his attitude. I like his style of play. I like the you know just the edge he brings to that that defense. But I think that in this scheme, I think Divine Diablo. And you saw him get a lot of burn last year, you know. So I, I, it's similar to Nate Hobbs, where that's kind of an easy answer because. You saw what he's capable of doing. I just think he'll probably get a little bit better. One, because it's his second year, but I think he'll get better because Patrick Graham will have a, a better idea of exactly how he wants to use him. And if him and, and, and Perryman could bounce off each other and kind of you know play, play off each other, play the part off each other, I think that that could be a really good linebacking core. And you see that they brought other young, young athletic dudes also to, to be in that room with those guys. So I, I, just, I think that that could be a, a, a good spot. One guy that I'm curious about, just because we didn't see a lot of last season, is Tyree Gillespie. I want to see what he can do. He's a very athletic dude at that safety position. I want to see what he can do. Like I said, he didn't get enough burn. And, look, everyone can't play, right? I mean, everyone. You only can put 11 guys on the field at one time. So, I mean, you can't, everyone can't get the burn. But I'm interested to see if he, can, if he can step up and make a name for himself. If he can, that might be a sneaky good pick. That might have been a real sneaky good pick. When they get him in the fourth round, I think. I think he was a fourth round pick a year ago. I I, I could be mistaken on no, that. No, he was but, fourth round. Okay, there you go. I think that that could be a sneaky good pick if he can really use this off season, work on his body, work on his game, you know, and and then go into training camp guns blazing and really earn that spot. We're been, we've been talking about a safety next to Trayvon Merrick. Maybe Tyree Gillespie could be that guy. Maybe, sure. but last season he did. I looked at his percentage of his snaps, and he was on half of all of the special team snaps. Right. So he did find a niche at being a special teams player, and I know that he wants to be more than a special teams player, but that's where he got most of his burn last season. Well, yeah, and that's, that's, how, you, that's how you get on the field. It's like in radio. You know, you just get in, you get in, the, in, in, in the studio somehow. You get behind the boards. You, you run the – you know, you, you, you do engineering. You do whatever you got to do to be part of the station, and then once you're in, then you're in. Well, that's, that's how it is special teams. That's what special teams are, man. You know, you get on the field in special teams and you show out and you, you really own that position. And then all of a sudden, well, we need a safety. Hey, here I am, coach. I'm ready. Ready and available. Let's go. Or we need a linebacker. Here I am, coach. I mean, that's just what you do. You know, I mean, think about Alec Ingold. He was an awesome fullback, right, for the Raiders. Loved him as a fullback. How did he tear his ACL? On special teams. He tore his ACL on special teams. He was a fantastic guy on special. He was an ace. Nobody talks about that. But Alec Engel was a dude when it came to special teams, and unfortunately, that's how he tore his ACL. But you know, those that that is such an important 
I forget who said it. Maybe a defensive coordinator that was at Alabama one time. Obviously he didn't say it to me, but he said it one time where it was like, that's our first defensive play is special teams, you know, kickoff and all. Mm-hmm. That's, our, that's our first defensive play, and it absolutely is. And if you're receiving on special teams, it's your first offensive play. It makes sense. So 702-365-9200, would love to hear from you. I want a young, later-round pick that's not a star yet that you think can be. Let me know who and why. Again, 702-365-9200. Also, the Sam and Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Let me know about it. Damon, who we got up? Oh, no call so far. Okay, great. Perfect. I'll go straight to the text message. Uh, how about Danny? Oh, wait, hold on. Oh, okay. A few late-round picks I'm excited about for this year's draft that maybe you could ask your draft guy about. Okay, those guys, Danny Gray, and wide receiver out of SMU, and Josh Williams, cornerback out of Fayetteville. I think Danny Gray, the wide receiver from uh, SMU, I think he uh, was actually visiting with the Raiders just the other day. I can't remember, but he, I, I believe he was visiting with the Raiders just the other day. So he's a speedster. I could tell you about Danny Gray from SMU. He is an absolute burner. Uh, the next text, you asked for a young late draft pick. This one wasn't even drafted. Andre James, he started off shaky, but those last four games, one in a row, he uh, solidified the middle of the offensive line. I'm big on momentum. Sorry, DeMond. And I think he can keep it going into next year. He'll be a stud along with Colton Miller. So there you go. That's a really good text right there. And we always think about the position groups, but what about what about uh, you know Andre James? Can he take what he did at the end of the season and and continue to build off of that? The one thing I know about Andre James is he has a lot of uh, confidence, a lot of confidence in the position. He absolutely does. And he seems like the guy that will work his tail off to continue to get better. I like that. Uh, Let me get one more text in, and then we'll take a quick break. Big Dub Raiders said, my favorite opening day, even, even though it's technically not an opening day, is the NCAA tournament. Those first two days are amazing. My late-round Raider that I think is going to be great, Devon Diablo. He's going to be a stud in this league. Got a two-for-one, Big Dub Raider. Thank you so much for that. I do appreciate that. And, yeah, man, a lot of folks, their favorite day of the year is the opening couple days of the NCAA tournament. I mean, that's when all the chaos happens, right? Because once you get down to the Final Four, you kind of know what it is. Now, all of a sudden, the, the, the Blue Bloods have separated themselves from the Cinderella stories. Now, St. Peter's was a story that went a little longer than a lot of folks thought. Miami was a great story as well this past year. But when it came down to the Final Four, you saw what it was. It was Blue Blood across the, across the board. And, hey, that's fine. Made for a great Final Four. Made for a great national championship game. So I like that. And Divine Diablo, I've gone into great detail about him as well. 2.26 is the time. When we come back, we'll be talking to Adam Hill from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. He'll talk all things and I mean all things Raiders. We'll talk some Darren Waller. We'll talk about the NFL draft as far as the Raiders are concerned. We'll do it all next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of unnecessary here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. I don't know, any kind of relationship in the future coming between you and DeMond? That is my best friend for almost 12 years now. No. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. <laughs> I love it right there. Great, great rejoin. If you missed the show yesterday, that was Damon's friend, and I say this in air quotes, Kayla. Been friends for 12 years, even though she's never seen him play a basketball game. 
and she said that. I've never seen him on the hoop court, but let him tell it. He's a hoop car. He's a hoop hooper. I find that hard to believe. But we'll ask our next guest because joining us now on Unnecessary Roughness here on Radio Nation Radio 920 is our guy Adam Hill from the Las Vegas Review Journal, also co-host of Cofield and Company on our sister station ESPN Las Vegas. And Adam. Thank you so much for your time. Let's just start at the beginning, man. I mean, have you ever had a friend that you've been friends with for 12 years and they don't know something about you that you do on the regular? Wow, that's tough. First of all, we're, we're really piling on to DeMond at this point. I mean, I've seen the tweets. I've seen the social media. Poor DeMond. I, I mean, he did set himself up for this for bringing her around, right? I mean, that's the problem. Right. Yeah, well, he, 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 first of all, he, he uh, dogged his homeboys. He was supposed to hang out with his homeboys, and he didn't to hang out with Kayla. So I thought, okay, there's got to be a reason for that. You know what I mean? Yeah, hey, did, you, you yeah did you see her picture? Uh, he made the <laughs> right choice. Yeah, he did. But he, wouldn't admit, he won't admit to that. That's the thing. He won't admit to that. So that's what got the ball rolling. But then it got to the conversation where he says that he was a captain on his high school basketball team, and Kayla went to the, to the school and she says she went to the games and never once saw him on the court. So I think yeah. that he, I think he's full of it. I mean, that, yeah, that, that's a questionable. First of all, do we need to set up some sort of a Lotus basketball game? Yes, yes, because I'm really I'm willing to wear Demond's tail out on the hoop court. I cannot wait. Yo, and then that's when you're gonna find out. You're gonna mess around and find out. That's what's gonna happen. Yeah, just like everyone in high school found out about your your basketball skills, well, except well, for no, your he, best friend. No, he's a silent assassin. Nobody even knew he was playing. That's how good he was. Uh, listen, well, first of all, man, this would be crazy. We got to set up like who? If you guys are the captains of the teams and you go head to head, the the pickings get pretty slim after the first couple of draft choices. Well, I mean, my team's winning regardless. I mean, it'll be like how they pick the All Star game. You just pick and pick and pick. Whoever's on my squad is winning. It's a wrap. Wow, wow, Devon, you're gonna take that. Oh, it no doesn't choice. matter because you know, give me maybe Bischoff. I, you know, I'm assuming that he can. You know, he wants Bischoff? to take championship. You're taking Bischoff? Yeah, you know, somebody Come maybe on. maybe Jared to set a couple take, of screens and I'm oh, good. Oh man, hey, if you, you take Tyler, take? you take Tyler. You better get. You better be playing soccer, not basketball. Who's your brother. first pick? Anybody? Ooh, I'll take Cofield. Oh L, boy. L. Oh Because I know who I'm playing against. That's you. <laughs> Wow. I'm going to be like short Michael Jordan out and there. And then I'm taking Adam Hill afterwards, so I got size on my squad, size and skill. First of all, you already put them in the wrong order. I'm the first pick. There's no question. Okay. Uh, and this, I mean, we, this has to happen at this point. I mean, I, I don't think there's any question. Right. No, and, and I'll even – I'll even take the weak link Ari on my team because that's how – and Ari can't well, play anything athletic. He's terrible. Yeah, now, now, now your team's going downhill quick. But we do, we do need to make sure Kayla's there so she actually sees DeMond play for the first time ever. Right, exactly. After 12 years of knowing him, then she'll actually finally get to see him on the court and realize why she never saw him in the court in high school. <laughs> Wrestlers aren't athletes, by the way, so this is, this is going to be pretty interesting. Yeah, I will. It'll be fantastic. But, Adam, that's not the reason we got you on the show. Oh, really? we didn't, I mean, it's a fun topic, and I can go on and on for hours, obviously. But I wanted to get you on to talk a Raiders offseason, and, and I know that you are a very smart uh, football mind. I mean, you do great work for the Review Journal. And we had Ed on just the other day, and he was talking about – different you know things that you guys had going on the rj as far as covering the draft and you know what the raiders should do and the fact that they don't have a first or second round pick and he suggested that one of his colleagues had mentioned about trading darren waller and then he slipped and said your name later but i kind of figured it was you anyway so 
I just wanted to kind of pick your brain on, you know, first of all, what do you think Darren Waller's worth is as far as just on the trade market? You know, it's it's pretty interesting. So, first of all, Ed, decent jumper from the top of the key, but very limited otherwise. That's all he's got. <laughs> okay. one, one spot. Uh, so, I want to make it clear, first of all, because it, it was it was a pretty crazy reaction to my mock draft last week that had the Raiders trading Darren Waller. And, and it is amazing the the thought processes of fans versus non-fans, right? Because every Raiders fan that had a response to me said the Raiders would, would get so much more than just a first-round pick for Darren Waller. And every national person said there's no chance on earth the Raiders would get a first-round pick for Darren Waller. So it's it's really interesting like the, the change of perception right. uh, between a fan and somebody from the outside, right? So that, that's the first thing. I do want to make it clear: there is no chance on earth I'm trading Darren Waller if I'm the Raiders. You know, people are attacking me about that. I was like, "Whoa, wait, wait, wait a minute! There's right. no way I'm trading him." Right. Um, I just want to make that part clear. Uh, it's just a, a kind of an exploratory way. How would the Raiders get back? We know we saw, uh, you know, Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler kind of indicate there is a chance they could get back into the first round or the second round of this draft that they could move around some pieces. So you kind of kind of explore what would that look like, what would that entail. Uh, to try to get there into the first round. Darren Waller is a very valuable piece. Darren Waller is on a contract that is extraordinarily team-friendly right now. And we're seeing all around the league, teams are having to renegotiate those deals. We just saw with Stephon Diggs yesterday. Stephon Diggs was under contract for two more years. The Raiders could have, or excuse me, the Bills could have said, shut up and play, you're under contract. But they didn't. They extended him because the teams don't tend to want to have players that are not happy with their contracts and that deserve more money. I think Darren Waller's in that situation, and I don't know if the Raiders could give him as much as he might be worth right now. Remember, he's got no guaranteed money left, zero. Right. Yep. So, so th- this is if I'm Darren Waller, there's no chance I'm playing on this contract. And if I'm the Raiders, I would love to make him play on this contract. So you do have that kind of, you know, not tension. That's not the right word. Nothing has come out publicly. Nothing has surfaced. But I think it is interesting to see that when you have a player that is, I think, drastically underpaid. Um, how do those things kind of work out? And I think that is one, you know, one avenue to explore. They're going to need to do an extension at some point if they want to keep him around and keep him happy in this offense. Talking right now with Adam Hill from the Las Vegas Review Journal here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Now, I, let me ask you this because this is a scenario that the Raiders have in front of them. They have Hunter Renfro. You saw what he did last year. He's going into the final year of his deal. And they have Darren Waller, who, for every reason you just mentioned, wants a new deal. Who do you extend first and why? Man, it's it's such a tough dilemma to be in um, if you're the Raiders. Now, they they look like a team that wants to win in the next couple of years. You know, I, right. I, I kind of advocated the, hey, look, the other teams in the division are making all these moves, and you're going to be in a spot in a couple of years where they are not able to sign anybody, that they're in salary cap hell, and that's when you should really strike and take advantage. But that's not the Raiders' plan. I mean, they, they have indicated that they want to win right now, so – um, if if Darren Waller and his and his people, and again we don't know this at all, but if they are making noise that they want a contract and they want it, they want to do it now, and there's going to be issues if they don't, that's a guy that you have to take care of right now. I think that's the more pressing move if you're trying to win right now and you want to win the next two seasons, three seasons. That's a guy that you want to have around and, and keep happy and keep in the mix. I mean, I think Renfro is equally important, but if you're if you're playing the long game and you want to, and you're, you're trying to build something for the next four, five, six years, if Hunter Retro is still young, he's still going to be, I think, a very valuable player. He's going to be even more 
kind of savvy in how he operates out of the field. So um, he's a guy you want to keep around even longer. I, I think, you know, in my mind, I'm always thinking more long term. So I think Hunter Renfro is the more um, the, the more pressing need to keep around long term. But right. um, Darren Waller right now is a guy that helps you win. You know, they both do obviously. Right. But Darren Waller is a guy you're you're thinking more short term of hey, we're a contender right now. Hunter Renfro is more the we're down the road. So would you, if you go ahead and extend Darren Waller right now for the sake of because he's going to help you win right now, would you just say at the end of the season, worst case scenario, I'm just going to put a franchise tag on Hunter? Yeah, I think so. I think that that's the way to do. It. Although that franchise, man, that franchise tag is going to be bigger. So exactly. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, now, now, now you're trying to put put the math together. That makes it a little bit more difficult. Uh, listen, I would I would do both deals, and, and I think. I think you're going to have to try to figure it out and, and play it under the cap. But this is the dilemma that teams get in that, that are in these situations. When you have a lot of good players, you have to figure it out at the other end of the roster, right? I mean, you're going to pay your big guys a lot of money and figure out how to cut corners at the other end and, and try to fill in with rookies and veteran minimum guys that, um, you know, you're not going to be able to have great players in every position. But these are the dilemmas that teams get into, and this is why – it's you know it's so difficult and fans just want to extend everybody and give right. everybody a contract. It's not you can't do that. It's tough. It's it's you know teams have to figure it out. And I know people say, well the Rams give everybody a contract. Yeah, at the top end, but they right. are they are the quote unquote and, and I I say this I don't really like this term, but that's the scrubs and stars approach that people talk about. Of mm-hmm. you pay like seven eight guys a ton of money, and everyone else is is on a rookie contract, a veteran minimum contract. And you just kind of piece in the roster everywhere else. Like that's one way to approach a team. Um, you know, I don't necessarily love it, but the Rams showed that it could work last year. Um, it, it's it's dilemmas that teams get into that they have to try to figure out. And I don't, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll say one thing: I don't know how on earth teams figure out these deals of changing structures and and you know putting money down the road and avoidable right. years on the end of contracts. Uh, there's there's like teams of people. Teams don't have one guy that figures that out. They have like a room of five guys sitting around <laughs> trying right. to figure out those numbers. And I like I will freely admit I'm I'm not there. I don't know how to do that. Uh, but teams have have to figure those things out. And uh, I think if the Raiders want to win uh, in the next couple of years, I mean obviously they need Waller and Renfro in place. Uh, but they need to make those decisions of what they can afford and what they can't. I, I just think it's it's for us to point out like hey these are decisions that need to be made and these are possibilities of what could happen. No, no doubt about it. You know, it's, it's so funny. They have more people on that team trying to figure out the contracts and how to move everything around than we have in the radio station running around. I mean, they have they <laughs> yeah, have so many people. Again, we're talking with Adam Hill here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. My man DeMond's got one for you. All right, Adam, Debo Samuel's been the latest player on a rookie deal to, you know, uh, delete the team from his IG. I think he's went to an all-black profile picture. What do you think about this route of going to ask for a new contract, the social media holdout? Uh, well, it doesn't mean anything, right? We learned that from Kyler Murray. That's just what kids do these days. Isn't that what he said? He's That's like, what he said. Why That's guys, what he said. Why are, guys, why are you guys trying to read into what I do on social media? It doesn't mean anything. You old people don't get it. This is just what young people do. So I guess that's what Debo's doing. No, of course he wants a contract. And he, you know, I, it's funny. I've been in a battle with somebody because uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, with some of the big deals that were going out with Adams and Hill and other guys, I was like, man, how frustrated must Stephon Diggs be right now with Buffalo? And and you know, some people, Bill fans, got all mad at me. Like, why are you saying that? Well, he got his contract, right? I mean, he was showing his frustration too. He was sending out the tweets. Obviously, Debo wants a contract. 
wide receivers all over the league that don't have a big deal yet yep. have to be pointing to all these contracts and saying, hey, what about me? And Debo in particular, like we know what running backs go through, right? We see every year running backs sign a contract, a rookie deal. By the end of the rookie deal, they're so worn down from the from the toll that playing running back takes on you physically that then, you, then the team's like, ah, oh, we're not going to give you another contract. Look how worn down you are. Yeah, you did this to me. Right. And so Debo's looking at this and saying, wait a minute, not only am I a great wide receiver, you're giving me running back carries, you're going to wear the hell out of my body, and then when this contract's over, you're going to be like, nah, man, like, look, look, what you're, uh, look what you've gone through, look at the, the toll your body has taken physically, we're not going to give you a big deal. I would get that money today if right. I'm Debo. There is no way I'm waiting to get a contract if I'm Debo Samuel. No, and none of these players, I mean, I, I always understand why all these players want to get as much money as possible right away because these teams will let you know when you're done and you can't do anything for them. They'll let you know. They'll show you the door quick, fast, and in a hurry. So, well, um, well, we are we are getting to a point at least we're getting some some guys getting guaranteed money, and I'm, I've yeah. always been advocating for that. I love it. I know it sucks for the teams, but it's, it's great for the players, and it should be in place for the players. It's totally unfair when they have no guaranteed money. And, again, that's what we're talking about, Darren Waller, yep. no more guaranteed money. Right, exactly. We'll close out with this. Speaking of no more guaranteed money, Derek Carr doesn't have any more guaranteed money on his contract. We've talked about and we've heard that there's an extension on the way. It's taken a little bit longer than most people, including myself, expected. What are your thoughts? What what uh what does a Derek Carr contract in your mind? What does an extension look like? Man, you got to find that sweet spot. That's that's, <laughs> that's the phrase, right? Got to find that sweet spot where they are. Um, I believe their sweet spot is a is a very different term for car side as it is for the Raiders side. Um, I, I think obviously it will be worked out at some point. Um, I, I would imagine the Raiders are somewhere around thirty and cars somewhere around forty, mm-hmm. and it's not so easy to just say thirty five. I don't I don't think that's you know that's reality. It's more about how many years it is, how much guaranteed money is in the deal. I think those are the key sticking points here. So it's not an easy. You know, when people hear like one, and I'm, listen, I'm just throwing those numbers out there. But right. if you hear, if if you hear, well, one side's at 25, one side's at 35. Why don't you make it 30? Well, it's not. It's not that easy. It's how many years is it? How much is guaranteed? Those are the things that need to be worked out. And I think eventually they'll come to some kind of somewhere in the low to mid 30 range, and then. Uh, maybe give an extra year and more guaranteed money to Carr as part of the uh, the sweetener uh, to find that sweet spot on this deal. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, but uh, yeah, that's the, that's the conversation, right? The sweet spot, finding the sweet spot. Put it in air quotes. <laughs> so, like like Demond from the corner on the baseline jumper. That's his sweet spot. <laughs> that's his sweet spot. His sweet yeah. spot is where it's always been on the bench. That's Demond's sweet spot. Is on the bench with his sweats on at all time. We're going to get this team together during our conversation, Adam. I've already had multiple people text me. It's like, hey, I'm on Team Q. I got Team Q. I don't have. Who team are these Demond. people? Okay, get your fans. You're sick of fans that are going to. Follow Q to the end. Well, I mean, this is just his L. Everyone likes a winner, dog. Everyone likes a, a winner, man. That's all. They, they're here for winners, and they understand. If Jumping DeMond, on the wrong bandwagon. If DeMond's best friend has never seen him play ball, then one of two things are, are true. Either that's not your best friend and hasn't known you very long, or you don't play ball. I, I'll, 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 th- I'll do that then. I barely know it. How about that? Then? I'll do that. <laughs> then say I don't know how to hoop. Look at him. Look how quickly he changed his narrative. Check that well, out. Also, Devon took Bischoff in the first round. He's already in trouble. Exactly. He Bischoff. said that he won a state. He won the state title in high school in soccer. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, th- I thought he was on the bench for the basketball team. Maybe I misheard the show. Unbelievable. Adam, hey, man, fantastic stuff. What do you have in the review journal that we need to be on the lookout for? Uh, another mock draft coming up on Sunday and uh, some nice. UFC coverage this week as well. But uh, more mock drafts. But 
sorry, folks, no more Darren Waller trade this week. We're going to go <laughs> in a different direction. Okay, well, hey, that's a great tease, man. That's a great tease. We'll definitely be paying attention to that. Thank you so much for your time this afternoon, my man. I do appreciate you. Anytime. Can't wait to play ball. Yes, yes, sir. There he is. My first-round draft pick, he told me, hey, man, you picked Cofield first. You, got, you picked the wrong guy. So I got Adam Hill first. Who's your first pick? I'll let you do a do-over because Bischoff ain't it. Uh, you know what? Adam's got the size, and I didn't take that into account. You know, he probably could clean up the glass. Who's going to stop him? He could put up some easy buckets. Oh, I'm, I'm feeding, I'm, I don't even have to do any work, man. I, I Look, I'm, I'm, I'm that guy who likes to work smart, not hard. I'm going to feed the paint, and he's going he's gonna to destroy you guys. You know you what? Got? I'm still take Bischoff. There we go. I'm you com- got Bischoff. I'm confident in my picks. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm going to go. My second round pick is I'm going go to go back to Cofield for my second round pick. Who you got? Who's your second round pick? Gra- you know what? Give me the entire press box morning team. Okay. So you got Granny. Okay. So uh, you got Jared too. Yeah. The producer. Of course. Okay. Okay. Well, in that case, then I'll just roll with I'll roll with Ari. That'll be my that'll be uh, another pick. So now we have we're, we're four on four. Who's your fifth? Can we? Can, do they have to work directly in the building? Can they be? They can work. No, they can work to the no, shows. They can work. They can work with the shows. Like a very frequent guest. Yeah, that's fine. All right. Um, give me McMillan, Grilling McMillan. Okay. Former NFL player, gotta have something. Okay. All right. Cool. <laughs> Since we're doing that, I'll, I'll get Sam Gordon then. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, hey, look, Big Bank takes Little Bank every time, brother. <laughs> You don't have a chance. You don't have a chance. I got, I got the speed. I got athleticism, and I have size. You don't pick the team, or you ain't gonna have to do nothing. You are gonna be the. I'm person not that gonna do anything. You know what I'm gonna do throughout the, I'm just gonna be running my gums throughout the course of the game. I'm gonna be talking about how bad your team is and not do a thing. I may get a rebound let's here and there. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. But before we go to break, let's give the people what they want. Let's hook up someone with four tickets. Four. You count them out. One, two, three, four. Four tickets to the Vegas Nighthawks versus the Arizona Rattlers. It's going on right around the corner from where I'm at right now, the Dollar Loan Center, the brand-new arena. You want to go. Caller number nine is what I'm looking for, 702-365-9200. That's 702-365-9200. Many thanks to Adam Hill. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Big thanks to Adam Hill, who joined us in the last segment from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Fantastic job. I always appreciate Adam Hill. Want to give a big shout-out to David, who is the winner of four tickets to go to the Dollar Loan Center check out the Vegas Nighthawks against the Arizona Rattlers. Congratulations. That game is actually being played tomorrow, 7 p.m. You'll have a good time at the Dollar Loan Center. So congratulations again to David. Let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line. I know we got some good patient callers that have been waiting, standing by, waiting. 702-365-9200. Raider Reggie, you're up first. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. What's going on, Q and DeMond? Hey, chilling, man. We're good. DeMond, man, I'm up here trying my best to support you. I'm down with you. And then you pick the squad that's going to get murdered. (laughs) Come on, man. You got to do better than that. (laughs) Anyway... Check this out, man. Um, the, I'll go to your one first question about the opening day. Yeah. I used to love baseball opening day because I was working in baseball. Yeah. But in the last couple of years, man, it's just been dry. It's like it's no – I don't know. It just don't appeal to me anymore. And well, I, I get like it. Baseball. Yeah, I, I get it. But 
you can't get no better than the NFL, man. The NFL yeah. had you so hyped all the way. Preseason, they got you hyped up. <laughs> so NFL was my, my opening day. Okay. And uh, on the tip with uh, what Adam was talking about, I'm going to say this. One of the things that people kind of got turned off from from their show is they have such a negative uh, kind of sentiment about the Raiders coming. So as soon as they say anything that ain't supporting the Raiders or talking about a player leaving, they going to get it. I already know. (laughs) (laughs) But, man, I'm I'm super excited to see what happened on draft day. I was trying to check out some of the setup around the city, and I haven't had a chance to really get out. But, man, I need to be down with the squad. I want to be down with Q and DeMond when y'all get around and get y'all's little passes. What's up with that, player? Get hey, man. <laughs> you, know, you know we always take good care of you. And this is the thing. I'll say this, and I say this to everybody. If you are in or around Las Vegas around the draft time, do yourself a favor and go. Just Even if you just park somewhere and walk around. You don't have to spend a dime. Just walk around, see the activity, see all the people. I mean, it's just – it is a different event. It is fantastic. I'll say this. When I went to the draft in Arlington, uh, me and the wife, we actually went and spent the, the, the weekend up there. It was a Thursday, Friday, Saturday event. We got there on, I think, Tuesday. I did my radio show. I did all the media coverage I had to do. I was there in, the, uh, in, in Jerry's World on, on Thursday. It was in Jerry's World on Friday. Saturday, day three of the draft – we didn't, I didn't do anything that had to do with work. We just got dressed, and we walked around Jerry's World and all the activities there at the, at the, um, at the draft. It is so much, and, and it's so much fun. And it's just to see all these different fan bases get fired up and excited to just be there, it's, it's a great thing. You really should do yourself a favor and check it out. If you're anywhere near the vicinity, make sure you do that. Let's talk real quick to Raider X. you got a few seconds on uh, what's on your mind. Welcome to the show. I'm going to make it fast as I can, man. Yeah, I, I think that uh, Tyreek Gillespie is yeah. uh, the man to slide in. I like to see him step in a quarter and have Hobbs step out to the outside. I Ooh. think he's got a little bit more length, and yeah. I want to see Gillespie because he's a little bit thick. Now, the opening day, man, I'm sorry, all this uh, professional sports, there's only one opening day I like, and that's, uh, that's the Olympics. Ooh, now, hey. brother. Hey, That's you know, a good one. I'm sorry you guys are picking on DeMond, man. So I want to give DeMond the, 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 secret, the secret weapon. You guys are talking from the roster there. No one's talking about Link. Give him Lincoln Kennedy, man. Let him get under the hoop and play Shaq. Hey, he should have picked him. He had the chance to pick him, and he, he picked the guy that plays soccer. <laughs> so, hey, that was a good suggestion, though. Yeah, you know, he could have picked Clay. He could have picked Heidi. He picked Bischoff. Unbelievable. Could have picked JT. He picked Bischoff. Bischoff plays soccer at best. 258 at time when we come back. Matt Miller from ESPN. He's an NFL draft analyst. He'll join the show to talk all things NFL draft. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.